Hello everyone, my name is Trambo. And this is Kat Lee. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Same Same podcast. podcast. This podcast is about two women, Kat and I, talking about the adult hustle, pretending to know WTF we are doing. <laughs> Bake it till we make it. Yeah! <laughs> so I think we should start the podcast out with why. Why are we doing this? So, Kat, do you want to take the first stab? Yeah. Um, sure. Let me take a shot first. <laughs> okay, so mind you, these shots are in Takea bottles that may... Not sponsored by Takea. No, but maybe they will be a future sponsor. <laughs> but they hold liquids cold for at least 32 hours, and I can vouch for it. But, but it doesn't matter to me because I'm drinking Jameson. Correct. <laughs> but I'm drinking Cuddle, so mine has been chilled, and it's still icy. Okay, great. Good for you, Takea. Um, so you asked me why am I doing this podcast. Yes. Okay. I think I got really excited about this podcast because I think as adults, we feel like we have to fit into a certain mold and that we have to achieve certain things. Okay. And at this point in our lives, we, in our younger years, had imagined ourselves in a certain place. And right now, I still feel like I'm a child, although I'm growing three little human beings. <laughs> um, and I think it's, it's important to send that message out that... Everyone out there is just scrapping it to make it, right? We're all faking it. To make it. To make it. <laughs> so you fake it to make it. I fake it to make it. And sometimes well, I make it. Well, you appear like you make it all the time. Well, that's great, but that's appearances. Like fake booking. But I think that's a whole episode. Okay, I, yeah. I, yeah, let's put that on a list for yes. uh, next episode, fake booking. I like that. I don't know what that is, but okay. Okay, Tram. <laughs> um, and how about you? Okay, so I am a millennial with issues. Or a or a zenial. I know, we can I, argue No, about I thought it was more. pronounced zenial. Zenial. <laughs> Zenial? No, Zenial is a character in Street Fighter. Well, maybe what? Yeah. No, it's not. It's Zenial. So Gen X and Millennial. The middle is Zenial. Wait, who is Zenial? <laughs> it sounds like a Street Fighter character. Are you sure? We have to fact check. I'm writing okay, down. Okay, fact okay. check. So anyway. Okay, Zenial. So, yeah. So so I'm a Millennial. Oh, okay, an older Millennial. Do you guys know what a zenial is? Zenial? Zenial? I just said it. Yeah, but do they know what it is? Yeah, it's the um, someone born in the generation after... Between. Or at the end. Cusp. Yes. Yeah. On the cusp. Yes, Generation X and Millennial. Yes. Yeah. So you're like a young Gen Xer. No, I'm an older Millennial. <laughs> okay, way to embrace okay. it. We'll let you go. Yeah, thank you. Go do it. All right. So after my birthday last year, I went straight into crisis quarter, midlife, whatever, and I realized I was aging and I was closer to death, right? And I don't know, death really scares me because I think right now I have thoughts in my head, but when I die, what happens to those thoughts? Okay, that's really morbid. <laughs> I know! <laughs> that's why it's so depressing on my birthday. So then I decided, okay, I'm going to live my best life. And yes. at that time, I decided my best life is doing things that I like. So one of the things I enjoy is drinking while going out. So I went to Soundbar, and for those of you not in the Chicagoland area, <laughs> Kat, can you tell us what Soundbar yeah, is? Soundbar is a club that's been like around for at least 20, 30 years. Ages, ages. Uh, and we used to get kicked out of it. They have a really good circuit of Asians on a certain day, yes. Latinos on yes. a certain Promote, day. Yes, promote, yes. They know exactly what they're doing. African Americans on a certain yes. day. Uh, but I have blacked out there many of them. <laughs> yes. And I'll tell you, it still looks the same. There's <laughs> There are some people that still work there that we saw some years ago. 
and <laughs> everything is the same. From no, really, yes, the same people. Yes, yes, yes. From the bar to the layout to everything, all the Asians still hang out on the bottom floor. Okay. And <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because it's generational, right? So now it's the you know, the 20 year olds with the fake IDs and 21 year olds that are on the bottom floor. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So well, we were there at some point. Correct. Yes. We were there when we were 21. Yeah. So, and it's still the same. So anyways. We're not 21 any longer, but I'm not allowed to date us according to Correct. Correct. But we could look like we're 21. So I okay. started going to Sambar, closing it out and thinking I was living my best life. But unfortunately... With that best life, it took a lot of recovery time, and it wasn't my best life. And I realized, okay, I need a better solution to this. So I decided to focus on me, right? What can I do to better myself, better others? What can I do to make myself feel good? And I have a lot of life experience, a lot of professional experience, and a lot of words of wisdom, and I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. So I feel I can provide stories of my ups and downs and help others not make the same mistakes I did. Right. So that's why I wanted to do a podcast. Basically reach out to the world or whoever wants to listen to us. The five people that listen to us right, <laughs> right? Um, And hopefully, maybe we can impact your lives, or at least you can go away with something to learn. Um, and another reason, too. So I started recently listening to podcasts, and yeah. I've been in this woke um, arena. And I've noticed, so if you guys didn't know, we have um, our ethnicity is Asian, right? Um, most or all of the podcasts that are out there are either East Coast and West Coast. Yeah. There's nothing in the Midwest. Midwest. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. <laughs> like, Chicago, what what are we known for? We're the melting pot. Yes. Yes. Right? We have every ethnicity here. Yes. Every Asian ethnicity, every Latino ethnicity. Correct. Every African American ethnicity. We have the number two murder rate also. Yes. But... Anyway, it's scary here, though. No, I'm We're not fine. scared. Are you scared? I'm, no, I'm not scared. No, you live in the city. Yeah. We both work in the city. Yeah, I'm not scared. Yeah. But my head's always on a swivel. Yeah, of course. We always <laughs> carry mace. Um, we're just aware. But anyway, so I thought, you know, there's not enough representation within the Midwest, so yeah. why not start it? All right. Okay. So listen to us, guys. Yeah. And <laughs> five-star us so that we can continue to do something. Hashtag shameless plug. <laughs> no, hashtag same same podcast. <laughs> yes. Or is it podcast same same? Both. Both. Okay. 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 Okay, so Kat, can yes. you tell our listeners what your professional background is? Mm-hmm. Sure. It's probably pretty boring for everyone, uh, but I have in the last... 15 plus years since graduating from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Been working in an HR capacity in the technology industry. So, so you fire people? No. Well, that's one thing I do. Okay. I develop people. Oh. I help hire people. That's not the biggest piece of my job. And I work on the strategy to create the best situation for the business as well as for the employees. So that includes development, that includes uh, training, that includes, you know, ensuring that employees understand what their benefits are. But you know, you've helped me and others that I know of negotiate our salaries, (laughs) get jobs at Mm -hmm. certain places. Mm -hmm. So... Personally, for me, you've helped me become a baller. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever that means. I'm happy (laughs) that you're a hashtag baller now. Hashtag baller. (laughs) Uh, But don't uh, come asking me for money. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I think that's another thing that I'm really passionate about is just helping people understand what they are capable of and empowering them in their own career. So, you know, as particularly, and not that I'm just focused on women, but women don't understand that they can say, hey, I want more money. Hey, I can negotiate. And I've helped people that we've known to be able to do those things. You know, so, I yeah. agree because as a woman, as a minority woman, if I get offered a job, I'm so appreciative yeah. that I even got offered yes. a job at this company. Yep. And I don't realize that I am worth more than what they offered me. Yeah. And you've taught me yes. that the first offer they put out, the companies expect you to negotiate. Yes. And negotiate. But before I met you, I thought that was amazing. You're like, that's it. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Yes. I'm done. Yes. But that's a lot of money that I missed out on, and I think that's what we don't know. Uh, you know, I wish I had known that starting out in my career. I didn't have anyone helping me yeah. with that. But word to the wise guys, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to ask for more. The worst they can say is, is no. no. They've already offered you a job. They already yes. like you. Yes. And if you are appreciative, but you say, hey... Guys, I think I could do this much more. They will work for it. You know, most of the time. I think another podcast topic topic would be negotiations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing this down. So at this point, we have negotiations <laughs> and fake booking. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure we will take listener questions when we have a following. Yes. So if you want to know how to negotiate your salary, even if you're at your current role, not yeah. a new job, yeah. you can do it. You can. Yep. I'll talk about it a little bit. Okay. Can't guarantee anything. So, right. um, tell us about you, Tram, your professional background, what you do. Um, so, I have been in the financial industry for a long time, maybe almost two decades. Um, so, uh, what else? I serve on multiple nonprofit boards. Mm-hmm. And I lead um, an employee business resource group. So I know it's really broad what I said, but within the financial industry, I've worked in capacities as retail, human resources, employee development, engagement. So now I work a lot with data. Um, So I guess you could say I'm a data guru. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because... Everything has to be logic Mm -hmm. to me in my life. So one plus one always equals two. Or a little more. No. No, it has to equal out. (laughs) A plus B equals C. (laughs) One times one equals one. That's why we're a good balance. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the reasons why we teamed up to do this podcast is because we are passionate people yes and um, especially about empowerment just empowerment among women among humans among everything Um, minorities yes so can you share Kat what your thoughts are about empowerment in general for a good portion of our lives We have felt in some way weighed down or that we couldn't say what we need to say or that we couldn't help who we needed to help. And from an empowerment perspective, I think we're moving into an age where, like you say, Tram, people are more woke, right? We care a lot more about just ourselves. We care a lot more about just our group and want to help more people. Are you are you defining it as a specific generation, a specific ethnicity? I think, yeah, all of the above. Okay. Yeah, generation, ethnicity, gender, mm-hmm. all of that. You know, I think there's always been a battle of if one wins, the other one loses. Yeah. But why can't everyone gain by helping everyone else? Right. Right. So from an empowerment perspective, you can do better as a person and a human being if you help someone else do better 
as a person and a human being. You say it like it's so easy to do, but it's not happening. No, it's not happening because people are selfish as fuck. But it's so, <laughs> but it sounds so easy. I mean, I think it is easy, but I don't think it's natural. I don't think we've been raised in that way. I think we've been raised as me versus you. Is that an American issue or do you see it as a global issue? I see it as a people issue. In America or globally? <laughs> because is, is yeah, this an yeah, issue no. in Asia? Is this an issue in uh, um, Europe? I can't in answer Canada? that because I've not lived in... Well, I would live in Canada because they're... Cause Free healthcare? No, because Justin Trudeau's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he married? Yes. Oh, I'm not yes. into it. What? Well, I don't know much about him. I, yes, he is good looking, but okay, we're I gonna mean, look up a picture of him later. Well, no, I I he's know he beautiful. is good. Yes, he's very good looking, and but I don't know his. He's also a feminist. I've not stalked him. He's a feminist. He cares a lot about the balance. How do you know all of this about him? I've just read about him. So you Googled? No, Justin like it Trudeau. just comes up. You know, Google just knows everything about you. <laughs> it knows how much of a feminist and a liberal I am. Okay. So anyway. Moving so on. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I don't, I wouldn't even say that it's a, an American thing versus a, an anything else thing. I think generally those that are in the minority feel like they are not empowered to do anything or are capable of the same thing as those that are empowered. And so what you're saying is basically minority versus the white privileged. Majority. Here in America, it's white privilege. Yeah, yeah. It is white privilege here Uh in America. I won't deny that. But it's the minority versus the majority. I would be interested to know if any of our friends in Asia or in Europe feel the same way, right? If they have these cultural, quotes, issues. I think it's hard for them. Can you ask? Do you have any friends? So I have had people that, you know, my cousins that have been here from the Philippines. Okay. So I'm Filipino. Okay. And my cousins that have been here from the Philippines just don't understand racism generally. Because everybody in the Philippines is Filipino? Generally, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So they don't get that, the racism piece. But what they understand there is hierarchy, right? People with money versus people without money. And that's still a general, how do you empower the people that don't have the same resources as the people that have tons of resources? Okay. Right? Right. And do those that have a lot of resources have the responsibility to empower those without resources? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. And I I think that's a controversy, right? Yeah. There's always that statement that I've worked to get to where I am. Yes. And while that is true, there's still a bias for that, right? Okay. So there's this statement that was said or this story, right, by a teacher that basically said, was talking about affirmative action and the people that say, okay, it's not fair, right? People that benefit from affirmative action say, you know, they're, they're getting more than the people that deserve it, that have worked really hard for so it. So affirmative action meaning minorities get a... Higher, um, more resources, more, yeah, okay. or right. like right. they get more ability to be chosen than right. those that are not okay. minorities. Yes. Right? So this one teacher basically, you know, and I don't know if this is true, it's on Facebook, right? <laughs> Facebook. Everything on Facebook... It could be true. true. Yeah, it's kind of true. So he had the entire lecture hall ball up a piece of paper. Front row to back row. Okay. And then he put a goal in front of them, which was a wastebasket. And said, everybody, throw your piece of paper and get into the wastebasket. Right? Okay. And those people, obviously that are in the fronts. Got it. Get in. Not everyone. But most, most. Most. Some people from the back could get in, right? Okay. But it's representative of those that have more resources, that are more empowered 
to get what they need and to say what they need versus those that don't get what they need or don't say what they need to get into the goal. It's not equal. It's not balanced, even if you have the same resources. Hmm. That's a very interesting example that I've not heard of. No? Yeah. That's oh. quite interesting. Yeah. Noodle on that. Yeah. Okay. So while you do that, why don't you tell us about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask yeah. you, how did the people get front row seats? Was it VIP seating? Oh my gosh! Did they I can't answer this question for you? <laughs> did they pay to it get there, is... or was it a regular class, or did they come early? Yeah, okay, I mean, that's a good point, right? That like... no one has ever brought up to me, but it's symbolic. Okay, I get it. I know details. Right? Yes. But because there are some people that are just not able to do it, right? To, to get be there. in the front, right? Right. The people that didn't get the textbooks, didn't get okay. the computers, didn't get the education, okay. but it's in there, right? Right. Or we're never told that hey, you can speak up, you can say something, you can ask for this, right? Right. right. Myself as an example, no one ever told me, hey, you can negotiate your salary. Totally. But. I took it upon myself to tell everyone after me, you have to negotiate yes. your salary. Yes. They expect it. Yes. Right? And that I never knew. For it. Right. Unless you're a new grad, and then disclaimer, <laughs> likely you cannot negotiate your salary. Well, depending on your field and engineers talk to me separately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Tram, it's your turn. So um, empowerment. Why are you passionate about it? So I grew up at, from an immigrant family, right? So mm -hmm. my parents immigrated from Vietnam back in the 70s after the war. Whoa. So I was the oldest out of five kids. And Wait, um, were you born in Vietnam? No, I was born here. Okay, so right. they immigrated here. Yes, and they had, had me. Here. Yeah, and I think my mom was 15. In Chicago? In the Chicago suburbs. Okay, yes. so in this area. Yes. Okay. And I was the only one out of my siblings that did not go to ESL class. Oh, shit. And I, I think maybe it's because I didn't talk and they thought I understood everything, right? <laughs> so I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know anything. And then as I progressed through school, somehow I did well. And I don't know if it was because... I was Asian or because my parents just said study, 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 but I never had anyone tell me to go for the moon, to yeah. do what you want, right? The expectation was if we're here in America, you should be something in the medical field and make a lot of money. Yeah. And I wished that I had somebody to say, Tram, you can do whatever you want to do. You can be whoever you want to be as long as you're happy, as long as you're passionate about it. That's all you need, right? And growing up with an immigrant family, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate, those expectations aren't there. You know, I... I, I think growing up Vietnamese immigrant versus you Filipino, I think Filipinos are a little bit different because... We're just generally happier than most other Asians. Yes, yes. Because, That's a really true fact, yes, right? Yeah, because I actually grew up with a lot of Filipinos, and I thought I was Filipino at one point. I mean, umbahu giligilimo. Oh, my God. Mahalkita. Oh, my gosh. That's all. Okay, we're going to work on that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, um, as other immigrant families, my mom never hugged me. They never told me that they loved me. Yeah. It was more, why aren't you like this? You are the oldest. You need to... Um, you know, show your siblings how it's done. Yeah. Why are you spending extra time at school when you can be teaching your brothers and sisters and tutoring them? Yeah. So I never got the compassion and love that I needed to empower me to be something that I wanted to be. Yeah. So even though I am, I guess, successful in what I do now, I just want to empower the future generations yeah. and my kids too to know that 
they can do whatever they want to do and be whatever they want to be. And at the end of the day, I will still love them. And I tell them every day I love them and hug them because that's not what I got as a child. Yeah. But I think that's very common among immigrant families. Except but, Filipinos. Except Filipinos. Yes. yes. Because my Filipino friends were like, yes. like all into it. Like they were so accurate. But my Vietnamese, Chinese, Korean yeah, friends, totally. it's a very different experience. Did you get beat when you were little? Well, yes. Not to a point where I would call out my parents, but... <laughs> but yeah. were you able to talk back to your parents? No. Okay. I mean... So that's something we have in they, common. They could say the sky is purple and I would have to agree. Yes. Right? Yes. But I think one thing that you said that resonated was as an older sibling, mm -hmm. there is... A responsibility, right? Right. To set an example and yes. be responsible for those after you. Yes. So how do you think that even helps more with your need to empower other people? It's an obligation for me now. Yeah. Well, so in the world... So the that... podcast is an obligation. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. No, a little bit. So in the world that we live in, I've grown into this obligation of I need to do more and be more for others and help others achieve and accomplish what they can. Right. So even in my professional job, I take it upon myself to do extracurricular activities in order to help others achieve their goal. Even though that's not my job, but I feel as if I am their advocate. Yes. And if I'm able to do it, why not? Right? Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So... I mean, pay it forward. I'm hoping it comes back, but even if it doesn't come back, that's fine because that was what I was taught and how I was grown up to be. Yeah. But I mean, we can talk later about childhood issues. Yeah. <laughs> that's like episode <laughs> and episode. So. Right. Okay. So what are we moving on to? Um. So I think. Since this is our first podcast, we need our audience to know a little bit more about ourselves. Okay. Um, because we are quite new. We are Midwesterners. I'm not sure what East Coast and West Coast people think about Midwesterners. Yeah, they, I think they forget about us. Well, I think they think we live in cornfields. No, but we don't. I mean, we live in the city of Chicago where the it's... murder rate is number two. What's number one? Uh, Baltimore. Oh. Yes. Wait. Weren't we just there? Yes. And, and that's how I found out because when we were there over Memorial Day weekend, we were in a cab and I was talking to the cab driver and I said, yes, I'm from Chicago. Number one murder rate in the country. Hashtag oh, that's right. number one. And, and he goes like, <laughs> no. Yes. We're number one. Yes. No. This is all coming back to me. Yes. And then I went home after our trip and I Googled it. And it was right. Baltimore Wait. is number one. Chicago is number two. And St. Louis is number three. St. Louis? Yes. St. Louis Dang. is number three. Midwest. And, and this is not something you want to rep hard. I know. But hey, it's truth. It's facts, yes. right? Yes. And recently, I think last month, when the weather was super nice, we had so many shootings here in Chicago that the oh, hospital was shut yes. down. They it couldn't take any more happens. people. When it's really, really nice out. Right. When it's like, you know, summertime shy. Yes. People are stupid. Yes. When I, so, listeners, I used to live in the city of Chicago. I still do. Cat does. still does. Yes. Yes. So, I moved to the suburbs, but don't hit on that. I'm going to hate on it a little bit. I still work in the city, and I come here often to go to Soundbar. Don't forget. Hashtag <laughs> Soundbar. Um... But when I lived in the city at nighttime, I couldn't distinguish the sounds in the air as either firecrackers or gunshots. Yeah. And I'm sure 90% of the time it was gunshots. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and it's so interesting how we get so used to that, to the gunshots, to the police sirens, to the ambulance sirens, where it doesn't, like, Is that normal? You. I don't think it should be normal, but it's quite interesting how we just think it's normal. Yeah. Because when I moved to the suburbs, 
I had the hardest time adjusting for the first month because it was so quiet. Yeah. Remember when I lived in the suburbs for about three years? Yes, yeah. The first month that I lived there, I said, oh, too quiet. It's wrong. Right, yeah. It doesn't feel right. You needed to hear something. Right. Anything. Train. And all you hear is maybe crickets, and in the morning, you hear birds. Yeah. (laughs) And, dude, when I lived in the city, in the morning, I heard the train... I heard the beeping because yeah, people were trying people, to get to work or do talking. or beeping at the garages because yeah. people were doing drug deals. You know, they wanted to get their stuff. Okay. Well, <laughs> not where I live, I think. I don't know. Maybe. You're just used to it and you just don't know. But the if, if you hear two <laughs> long beeps and one beep, that means come out with my drugs. Shut up. No. Swear to God. Tram. Yes. Shut up. No. That's. That's true, okay, but I'm anyways, gonna, yeah. I'm going to try it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> try to listen in the morning. Get my get my drugs. By no, no, no. Just listen to the sound of the beeps. Okay. How long they are and how short they are. Shut up. Yes. Is that like Morse code or something? Yes. For give me my drugs. Yes. Like, come out. I'm ready for my drugs. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's pull back. But anyways. Em- empowerment. Was our focus. Okay. So, so I think we should switch off a little bit about a couple questions that we haven't heard yet that are empowering about each of us. Okay. Okay. Okay, let me go first. Okay. Okay. I want to know, what would you do differently if you knew nobody would judge you? Oh, my gosh. No judgment. No judgment. And that would be a perfect world where nobody judged you for anything. But unfortunately, the real world that we live in, there's judgment. Yeah, there's a lot of judgment. So just pretend we're living in the perfect world. You can do whatever the F you want. Let me think about that because there's a few layers to this. One, as an Asian American, the first layer, massive layer of judgment is going to come from... My parents. Okay. Right? Um, Your Filipino parents. My Filipino parents who came from poverty and nothing. When did they come here? 1980. I want to say they came here in 1980. I'm sorry. I just aged you. Oh, sorry. It's all good. But you don't care. That's fine. I don't care. I, I care. know how old I am. I care. Tram's going to hide how old she is. <laughs> yes. But everybody listening in this first episode, she's approximately the same age as me. <laughs> okay. So my parents came here in the late 1970s, early 1980s as nurses. Shock. They're Filipino, right? Wasn't there a program to get nurses here? Yes. Because there was... I, I actually just learned about this program. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea. And I learned about it from a colleague where there was a shortage of nurses. Yes. And they were hitting up a lot of countries where predominantly were nurses, and especially the Philippines. Yeah. And because, so... Because English was a second national language there, or is a second national oh, I, language I there. I had no idea. Yes. Yeah, and then so the U.S. had a lot of programs where they can come and a lot of social agencies where Filipinos could come and be nurses yep. and get a lot of help. Yeah. I had no idea. So that's how my parents came here. That's awesome. That's a big freaking deal yeah, because that's awesome. there, I would say a nurse on average per year the best nurse can make three thousand dollars a year. Yeah, but a then, year. but what is it? But what's I guess the lifestyle in the Philippines? Is three thousand dollars a lot? No. Okay. A year? No. So would that be similar to somebody? What's another occupation that yeah. in America right now that we can compare that yeah. salary to I at would, that time? Yeah, I would guess that it's similar to someone working at you know McDonald's or something. Really? It's so small. Everything is so inflated over there. Okay. It's really sad because even on a nurse's salary, you can like barely buy rice you can barely buy the food you need you can barely send your kids to school uh-huh. what you have to do is send your family members overseas to send money back 
to the Philippines. In high school, I started volunteering a lot. So I had founded and started and was the president of the first Rotary Club, which is like... I forgot what it's called. It sounds so American. Very a American. Rotary Club. Yeah. No, but like it was called Interact, which was Rotary International. Okay. okay. How is it international if you founded it? No, I founded it at my school. It was already part international. It's like an international okay, program. Okay, okay, okay. And then, right? Okay. And this is like the first time I see that our reach could go beyond America. Wow, okay. Right? Got it. So my group at the time raised funds to be able to build sun ovens for people in South America to cook food, right? Really? Right? Okay. And I got that bug of, hey, I need to do something better for this world. Okay. Versus make money. Yeah, yeah. Right? So after school, I went to college. College happened. Whatever. Craziness. Yes. Other Literally. episode. Yes. Craziness. Oh, my God. We have so many episodes. Okay. And then I said, Mom, I want to go to the Peace Corps. Really? Yeah. I applied. Why? Wait, I why had been did... placed. Really? Yes. I, you know. I had been placed to teach um, sexual education in Africa. Awkward. No, not that awkward. I feel very strongly about empowering <laughs> women and people to understand what they can or cannot do from a purpose of bringing life into this world. So you would just be showing the video of I don't know. childbirth no, to I'm not, people in I'm not, Africa? No, 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 no. I think it's beyond that. Okay. It's education okay. about what is available to them. Because All right. Oh, there, okay. So, okay. There are a lot of countries that don't even understand what is available to them. But then my mom said to me one day, I worked so hard to make sure you never had to live in a world that felt like you didn't have enough. Why are you going to go back there and do that? And so what happened? I did not do the Peace Corps. Do you regret it? Yeah. Really? Yes. And then what? And then now I do what I do. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't mean to laugh, but I try to empower people in a different way. Do I regret all the time that... When I had the ease and the ability to go travel the world and say, hey, you know, people that don't have enough, here's what you can do to make sure you don't hold yourselves back. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have done that, but I didn't because I was held back a little bit. And it was not because my mom was selfish. Right. She wanted the best for you. My mom grew up in a place where... She grew up in the provinces of the Philippines. She grew up where... Is that the ghetto? Like, the south part of the Philippines where... Pe- like, when if I go visit there now, uh-huh. and you land, they have machine guns on them. That's so crazy. So, for her, it's like, I worked so hard my entire life, so you wouldn't have to deal with this. Why are you dealing with this now? Someone else can do that. And I get what she's saying... So in your mom's thinking, she wanted better than what she had. Yes. And better meant not for you to do that, but maybe be more successful here in America. Yeah. Do you resent her? No, I don't resent her. But you... I am regretful. Okay. Of what I know that I could have given to certain people. Do you think your life would be different? If Absolutely. We probably wouldn't know each other or sit here. No, we wouldn't have. Yeah. I wouldn't have the kids that I have. True. And it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, from a perspective of gaining the professional experience I've gained. Right. That's why I'm able to provide for my family the way I provide. Yeah. And if I went to the Peace Corps, that would have been three years off of that, two to three years off of that. Mm-hmm. No, it would have been absolutely different. Yeah. But it changed every, it changed my path considerably. I really believe that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And it sounds cheesy or it sounds weird, but 
ultimately we're given the path that we are given mm-hmm. and the way we lead our path is what was expected yep do you believe that maybe not expected but the but, way we lead our path is how it should have been led well somebody knows that it was supposed to be led that way by greater being i guess if you believe okay. in that yeah and i do okay. do you um, I'm not sure, but okay. later podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you okay. guys, Got I it. hope we have a lot of listeners to listen to so all these episodes. So we can have more podcasts. Episodes that we are going to talk about. Okay. All right. Enough about me. Tram, I'm going to jump into a question. Do you have healthy boundaries or do you let people take advantage of you? What do you mean by... Healthy boundaries. What does that mean? What does that question mean? That does not make sense. Yeah. And I think from a perspective of a fact that you do not understand how (laughs) that makes sense, that it makes complete sense. (laughs) And I bet a lot of people don't understand that question either. When I think healthy, I think, okay, am I eating right? Am I exercising? Am I, I don't know, healthy? Right. As in a perspective from a doctor? Right. Is that what you mean? No. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. But mostly because you have relationships with a lot of different people. Yes. Your husband. Yes. Partner slash partner. Yes. Your friends. Yes. Your boss. Yes. uh, Your coworkers. Yes. So they are going to impose several different requests and um, general expectations of you. Okay. I think I get it. Of all of those things, what is healthy, right? And do you let them, are you, do you just say, sure, I'll do that? Or yes, I will handle that for you. Or I'm so happy to be a part of that, perhaps, when maybe the healthy boundary is, no, I don't have the time for that at the moment. Okay, I understand your question now. So, yeah. And I don't think you'll like my answer. But okay. okay. We'll debate on this. Okay. And it's family quite... and work. <laughs> and I think it's the same. Um, and it's quite interesting because I've actually had some thought about this these past couple of weeks. And I've always told people that my weakness is that I cannot say no. Oh, my gosh. That's my weakness. Okay, I'm sorry. Did you not? Did I not tell you about the book that I read? You did, and I didn't read it. What was it called? Oh my god! You're supposed to give it to me. I'm gonna give it to you. That's another episode. When I say but, no, what is it? No, when no, I say no, I feel guilty. Yes. Is that the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold but, on. No, no, yes, no, yes. no, no. Is no, no, that no. the name of the book? Yes, that's what you told me. Listeners, but. listen, read this. But go on, Tram. Okay, so. Um, In the past week or so, I have thought about that, how I always tell people my weakness is I cannot say no. And and I've come to the conclusion that, actually, Kat, it's not a weakness, right? No, it's... Wait, it's not a weakness because... Yeah, hold. Holding. Because I have FOMO, fear of missing out. So, though there are opportunities... Those are opportunities that I could meet someone to further my career, to further my network, to further something that can help me in the future. Right. So by not saying no allows me to possibly have benefits for the future. But saying yes restricts you from contributing to the other pieces of your life. Right. And I think it's, hard to balance right and um so my cousin actually told me this she went to a seminar and the one of the c-suite execs was a female from google and she spoke and there was a question in the audience and the question was how do you do it all as a woman as a mom as a whatever and her answer was quite Um, I related to her answer. So this was her answer. She says, I don't do it all, but I manage it throughout the week. So I do it all within a week span, right? 
So let's say my kid is sick on Monday. Then on Monday, I'm a mom. On Tuesday, I have a big client meeting. On Tuesday, I am that Google executive. Yeah. Wednesday, I'm that Google executive. Yeah. So you divide out your time to what is priority at that moment. So don't think of it as at this time and point, I need to be everything. But think of it as a span of time. What can I be the best self at that time? And when my cousin shared that with me, it just clicked. And I said, yes, I can do it all. And it was very inspirational, especially hearing it from like a Google executive. Yes. And Google is not our sponsor yet, but (laughs) very inspiring to hear that from a female C-suite executive. And that just really empowered me to say that, okay, I can have limitations, but I can still be my best at whatever when I need to be. Yep. So that's my answer. I understand that. But what happens when you have to be the best at two things at the same time? Well, I think you just have to try to balance as best as you can. And unfortunately, you'll probably pick one over the other. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, as humans, we have opportunities to give second chances or to make up for what we missed out on. Yeah. Because there's still time. Yeah, it's right? true. Yeah, so... It's hard. It's, it's hard. really hard. It's not easy, but that's life. And if you just keep on thinking about that one thing and let that perpetuate in your head, you're not going to get anywhere. Well, with anything that you do. Correct. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Does that answer your question? It does answer my question. Okay. I don't have any follow-ups for you. Okay. <laughs> oh, my turn. Your turn. Okay. Oh. Oh, this is an easy one, Kat. Okay. Okay. This is super easy. Can you tell me what motivates you to do your very best? Oh, my gosh. That's so easy, right? No. No? It's actually really hard. Okay. Explain. I don't know what motivates me to do my very best. But you do everything. No, 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 In my standpoint, you do everything. So, I have a family. I have work. Okay. I have a husband. Okay. Family. Okay. Three, four things, right? Because husband slash family includes each other. Okay. They're all very important. Yes. What motivates me to do well in all is doing well in all of those things ensures that there is a future for more. Okay. Right? So I would say, and I don't want to downplay anyone that doesn't work. Okay. But being a mom is hard as fuck. Yes. Being an employee is hard as fuck. Yes, yes. Okay. Doing everything else. Being just me. Right? Being able to just be me without a mom or employee. Yes, yes, yes. That's not hard. But it's hard to do when you have all this other shit to do. It's hard to find time to be you and dedicate time for you. Which is very needed in order to function. So this is a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast outside of like, you know, just hanging out and taking shots with you. (laughs) If if you guys don't know, I'm a shot taker and that's it. Same. (laughs) Same, same. Same, same. Tram takes kettle and I take Jameson. <laughs> kettle chilled. Jameson not chilled. Okay. <laughs> so, I think a big piece here is to note that regardless of what the expectations are, I have realized very quickly that I just need to do what I am comfortable with. So, what does that actually mean? That's hard. You have a full time job. Yes. You have three children. Yes. You have a spouse. Yes. And you have a social life. Yes. So what does that mean? It's finding the things that you can do that are not generally upsetting more than half of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) I laugh and you're laughing because... Most of the things you do will upset somebody. You're going to piss off someone at some point. Okay. But who matters the most at the moment? 
Okay. Right? Like, right now, I could be with my kids versus being with you. Okay. Right? Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. And I'm happy being with you. Yeah, we're doing this podcast. I am not unhappy being with you. And Hashtag means, same, same. Hashtag same, same podcast. Yes. Now, if I was not with you and with my kids, I'd be regretful that I was not with you. <laughs> No, and this is so, true. So it's a no, it's, so it's like a no-win situation. It's a no, it's instead of like the situation we were talking about before, uh-huh. where you're like, it's win-win, right? Yeah. Because if you say no, it's okay for the other person. Yeah. This is a no-no situation. <laughs> Nobody wins because I'm upset. <laughs> I'm not upset. Like, I'm happy to be here with Chan, but I'm a little bit upset. But my kids are not with me. Yeah. And it sucks. But you know that after we finish this, you'll be with them. Yes. Yeah, so then that'll be a no-win situation because you're not with me and you're with them. No, that's a win. Oh, you're saying no-win. Yeah. Win-no. So, so me is no and the kid, your kids are win. Okay, not after a no-no situation. No, it's a no-win. Okay, this is so confusing. <laughs> Wait, the question was, what motivates you to do your best? You never answered that. What motivates me to do my best? Yeah. You just talked around it. Yeah, no. That's deep, man. I just just give me like five words. What motivates you to do your best? To be your best self. It's myself. It's deep. It's weird. Okay. I motivate myself. Okay. Because I've experienced so many things in my life. Uh-huh. That I think other people should understand those things. Okay. And learn from those things. Okay. Yes. Five more podcasts for that. Damn. <laughs> and that was pretty deep. No. Even though you you barely said anything. No. And I will say right now, <laughs> I feel guilty as fuck that I would say that it's not my kids, it's not my husband, it's not my family. Yeah. It's just me. That's so selfish sounding. And it's so hard to sound selfish sounding. Um, it sounds as if you know who you are, what you want to do, and what's going to make you happy. Right. That's what it sounds like. like. And to me, that doesn't sound selfish because a lot of us are still searching for who we are, what makes us happy, and who we want to be. Yeah. And I think you're lucky to know all those three things. Because of 10 years of therapy. Yeah, and I think that's very... And that's a whole other I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to clap right now because <laughs> we... I don't know. I envy that. Because I don't know if I asked 10 people from the street if they could answer that. But you just answered it like... That, like, you already knew well, off the bat. Well, I didn't think about it. And also, I have, like, what, five shots of Jameson in me right now? I know, but when you're, what is it, inhibited? or Uninhibited. Or, yes, when you're uninhibited, you speak your true self, right? That's true. You let go, Truth. and you just don't Truth. care. You know, I don't. Moving on. All right. So, we talked about your boundaries. Okay. What truly gets you excited about life? life so what we're living the things we do every day every day every day I think what gets me excited is every day is different and I can choose how I live that day and it doesn't have to be the same every day so if I wake up and I'm super happy and super excited I can be that way all day if I wanted to but if I wake up and maybe I just feel drab or bored or whatever, then I'll come to work and sleep under my desk. And that's Wait, fine with me. Wait, you don't really like sleep under your desk. I'm not going to answer that oh, since shit. this is public. So I'm going to take my first amendment right, okay, whatever that got is. got it. understand. <laughs> and you're seeing... My desk right now. We're like at her desk at the moment. <laughs> and I could very easily take a nap <laughs> under Chan's desk at the moment. Just <laughs> noting. But moving on. Right. 
So, um, yeah, I just think that control, I'm a type A personality. Yeah. So I love control. I need that control. I need to know what I'm going to do. I need to control how I feel. And if I'm able to control my emotions, my day, then it just makes me feel that I have um, capability to do what I want to do. Okay. Well, so what happens if you don't have control? Then you can't say, hey, world, I feel this way. And there's an assessment of your true feeling. Yeah. And cat, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I can say is that it sucks. Yeah. And when you don't have control, it just sucks and you have to deal with it and you just feel like it sucks. Okay. Wait. Okay. (laughs) So let's talk. Let's rewind. (laughs) This is accurate, right? You don't want to feel like it sucks in front of general executives. Correct. Or so you just put on your professional face for that 15 minutes in that meeting or that 30 minutes. And then after that, you crawl back into your hole. Okay. And then you feel it sucks. Let's talk to our millennial introverts here. That's me. Yeah. I'm an introvert. You are an introvert. Yes. I don't like people. Weird as f. (laughs) I do not like people. And I tell people that all the time. Liar. No. Okay. I I don't believe her, but that's what's happening. Okay. What is your question? So, what is a way that millennial introverts can safely hold back so that they don't feel like they are missing out on anything? YOLO, right? But at the same time, still contributing what they need to contribute. So I think, so as a millennial, how I think I interpret your question as, how do I make it in the professional world when things suck? Yeah. And you have to be professional? Yes. To me, and I don't know how it is to everybody else, but to me, it's all like acting, right? So when you're in front in the corporate world, when you have to present, when you have to speak to executives, to C-suites, when you're in front of your peers, you have to act a certain way that is resembled of your position, of your job. And I know it gets a little deep because for me, I don't want my peers, my colleagues to see me as weak. So I will never show them a day where I'm sad, a day where maybe I'm just blue. I am the same way every day to them. And it's interesting because my colleagues, my peers, my executives see me as this happy-go-lucky person, and I've adapted to that. For me, that's how I get by. But I don't recommend that for everybody, Yeah. but that is my coping mechanism, and that has worked for me and been successful. Man, you're hardcore. <laughs> no, I think that's like, those are some big statements there, yeah. right? Because one, it's how do we as Asian Americans fit into this, this world Right? So so my answer to that is if I want to succeed in a white man's world, I have to be the white man. Yeah. And the white man is not sad, shows no emotion. Yeah, and that's sad because... And is very powerful. Guess what? You know, we have emotion. I know. And we can be sad. I and know. And we can feel all these things, and that sucks. But but that's what succeeds in this world. Yes, and in the industry that I am in, I cannot show those things. But I'll hold it banking. in. Banking. Yes, banking, financial industries. But I'll hold it in, and then I will let it out after that meeting or when you gain the credibility correct yeah or you know i will lock my door in my office and i'll turn my chair around and then i'll cry for 10 minutes or something and let it out and feel what i need to feel to let it go and then Mm -hmm. let it go 
and then move on. And it's not easy being a minority, being an Asian American woman in a white field, right? Because the field that I work in caters to rich, white, old men. But if I want to be successful in this field, then I need to be the same as my peers. So I show no signs of weakness. It sucks being a minority in this field. Yeah. And sucks being a minority, period. And and you know what? Yes, and you know what? People think Chicago is a melting pot of all different ethnicities, and you've mentioned it earlier, but I've noticed that Chicago does not have a lot of Asian people compared to the West Coast or and the, the East, East Coast, Coast or the South, whatever, Texas. right? Yes, Texas. What's up, Texas? Yeah. As an Asian American working in downtown Chicago, everywhere I go, I still feel different because there's not a lot of Asians anywhere I go. No, that's accurate. And except for Sambar. Okay. <laughs> On Saturday. Ignore this bitch because she is too much. But I'm saying that I still feel it's and it's not a bad or a good thing. I still feel different everywhere I go. I still feel as a minority. And sometimes it works to my advantage and sometimes it doesn't. But we as Asians, Asian Americans or just Asians, are super minority here. And I can really say that because, you know, whoever I work for, we only have a 5% Asian workforce. That's like 95% white or other. I'm the token Asian. So it's hard for me to speak similarly, particularly because our umbrella organization is from (laughs) China. (laughs) Well, that's quite different. It is different. Yeah, but tell me about when you're in Chicago, do you feel like there are a lot of Asians here compared to the West Coast, the East Coast, Texas? I would say I feel like there are a lot of other ethnicities in Chicago. No, but I'm talking about Asians. Asians, no. Because I'm Asian, you're Asian. Yeah, no, we're we're both Asian. Yes. No, I don't feel that. Right. I hear like 10 different languages a day. Yes. And maybe one or two of them are Asian. Right, because I hear Polish, I hear Spanish. Yes, yes, yes. I yes, hear yes. whatever. Out of all the Asian groups, uh-huh. Filipinos reign. Because there's that Filipino restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Skokie. What is it called? Which one? The one that serves the spaghetti. Oh, Jollibee? Yeah. (laughs) Girl, please. We're going to do an episode from Jollibee. Like it or not, if there's five people, we're going to serve Tram Jollibee. I've never been. Okay. So I'll. Yeah, clearly, we're serving a Jollibee and the other shit that happens. In Seafood City. I'm just noting, okay? I know what is happening from a Filipino community perspective. But anyways, regardless of that, Chicago, Illinois, Midwest, Asians are a minority. A true minority compared to everywhere else. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons when I asked you, hey, Kat, do you want to start a podcast with me? Talk about empowerment and maybe like being Asian in the Midwest. And you were quick to say yes. Always. Yeah. Because there's more to learn. I think so. Yeah. And plus we want to represent. Yes. (laughs) Always. Okay, so I think what we can end with is for our listeners, and hopefully there's more that we gain more, and hopefully you listeners feel that we've added value to your time. Yep. Kat, can we give each other maybe an action item and our listeners an action item to do, and then we can maybe talk about what we did. In the last week or two. Yes, and then we can also take um, listener calls and emails to see what they've done. For sure. Okay, so what do you think? Take this quote that I have found. Okay. It's very crude. And it is, the key to happiness is letting shit go. Cat, that's really deep. (laughs) No, 
And it's like not deep. It's deep and not deep, right? No, I think that's really deep. That's hard. Yeah. As Asian Americans, letting shit go is hard as hell. That's like what we discussed through this whole thing. I hold grudges and I'm happy to hold grudges. Yeah. And <laughs> I hold responsibilities and I'm all happy to hold responsibilities. Okay. I get it. So our action item is, can you repeat that to me and you and yeah. to our listeners? What is our action item? The key to happiness is letting shit go. Okay. So find something for yourself that will not be at the detriment of other people. Okay. And let it go. Because and, well, I know you and you very you care a lot right. about people. Yeah. Right. So let's see how this plays out. And then next week we will report. So <laughs> this okay. week's homework assignment. The key to happiness. Is, is letting, letting shit, shit go. go. So, okay, listeners, we have an email address, which we will attach to the bottom of our podcast. If you can share with us what shit you have let go and how it's made you happy, um, we can share that at our next podcast. I will try to find some shit that I will let go to make me happier, and then we'll follow up with Kat. Right. Do you agree? Yes. Okay, so for our first podcast, I think it was pretty okay. (laughs) I think we revealed a lot more than I thought we would. Yeah, same here. Right? But I'm okay with it, and I am still in the empowerment zone, and I think we can make a difference with what we've shared, and hopefully you guys think so too. So Listen to us. And give us five stars. Give us five stars. I don't know what five stars does, but Actually, I think it helps. Don't either. Yeah, I don't know. Can't punch him on this piece. Yeah, so we don't have any sponsors. We're only doing it for fun. And we're only doing it because we think it's going to help the world be a better place. Yes. So that's why we're doing it. Next week, we may or may not talk about <laughs> the Jews and don'ts of fake booking. I don't even know what fake booking is, but I'm interested in learning. Ignore her. She's real good at it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Till then. All right. All right. Thank you for listening. And what podcast are we? Oh, same, same. same. Bye. Hashtag same, same. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.